Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I have continued to think about my friend Adrian's question, pretending not to be secretly appalled, when somebody t- comes to you with something that <laughs> does actually appall you. And I've thought about this a lot. And one of the directions that is really close to my heart is my grandfather um, immigrated from the Netherlands in the early 1950s. And before that, he had fought on behalf of the Dutch army, uh, trying to keep the Dutch East Indies from their independence. So today the Dutch East Indies are called Indonesia. And so this was definitely sort of a last ditch effort to keep their colonial, uh, I guess, countries under their control. So they didn't win that war. And when I asked my grandpa about it later, he never ever talked about it until the day he died. I think it was, I think about the one time I really asked just the amount of completely going into a shell, shutting down, did not want to talk about it. And it struck me that as bad as it is to be a subjugated people, And I think that that's, I don't think I have really any perspective on what that would be like. But in the realm of physics, there is this concept that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And so I've thought so much about how if we are unkind to someone, that someone has to deal with our unkindness. But we also have to deal with our unkindness. So if my grandpa was acting unjustly, whether he was drafted or volunteered or whatever, I think oftentimes soldiers are called to do things that they're not necessarily like, I would just have signed up for this if I had my choice. Um, the, the reality is that there is, there's a repercussion. I think about that even in the realm of uh, United States history. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I wrote a, a two-part series called Heroes and Happenings for an elementary audience about American history. And I'm really pleased with it. I think it's very beautiful. But part of what that required was actually dealing with some of these hard things, but doing it in a way that was respectful to to everybody. I don't know if that makes sense, but there's a part where everybody was operating from a place of brokenness. And it's easy to look at Thomas Jefferson, who owned in his life 607 different people, owned in quotes, and say, oh, this was really bad. And it really was bad. And yet he had to deal with the weight of that. He had to deal with his friends, whether it be the Marquis de Lafayette or different people writing to him, calling him out for this incredible um, inconsistency in his life. He never got to live a day of his life debt-free. He was always under that pressure. And and then you think about, even psychologically, what does that do if all of the splendor around you was purchased by the price of the blood and tears of, of people that you have enslaved? And I, I just don't think that that actually is, that you can get around that. I think at some point there actually needs to be reconciliation, that there actually needs to be confession, that there needs to be um, righteousness established. And so in my own life, I feel like it's been so helpful. I think even working with healing prayer, dealing with my own issues, the ability to say, 
oh, so often what we do is coming from a place of hurt. It's not coming from a place of health. And so when somebody says something to you that is appalling, (laughs) that leaves you momentarily dumbfounded, and you kind of want to be like, oh, oh, um, oh, that when that happens, there's also that sense of, I just grieve for you. I grieve for you. I remember years ago, um, one of my friends worked for university at the University of Colorado, and she was on campus pretty often as part of her job. And one day she was eating lunch in the student center, and the conversation of the two girls behind her happened to catch her attention. And one of them was saying, yeah, I got drunk last night and I slept with four guys. It just leaves you feeling kind of dirty. And the other one was like, yeah, I know what you mean. And then they kept eating. And my friend sat there and thought, oh God, what do I even do? And in that case, she didn't know those girls. It wasn't necessarily her place. But you think those girls are acting out of pain. Oh, such pain. And so I think for me, when I see things that are from uh, something that would leave me appalled, there's such a place of uh, of deep compassion to say, this just is hurting. Like it's hurting you. It's hurting the other people. You know, those four guys who just used you last night, they're hurting now. Like that affects them as well because you can't be vile like that in your actions and have no, no repercussions. That's not how the world skews. And so um, yeah, so Lord, I ask that I, I don't even necessarily want to ask this because it's really, it's really intense. But Lord, in the way that you have such a beautiful heart toward us, that you care for us so much and you love us in all of our beauty and in all of our brokenness, Lord, that I remember years ago reading a beautiful book that. I don't even remember what it was called, maybe Unshakable or something, but just how the author said that it's like we are all masterpieces. And yet sometimes the masterpiece gets obscured under a layer of filth and that God comes and can wipe that filth away. And I love that picture, Lord, of all of us is a work that is even greater than something by Rembrandt. or Michelangelo, something that is so magnificent that you loved so much, you died for us. And yet we get so obscured in our beauty and magnificence. And yet we just need to come to you and have it wiped clean. And so, Lord, I thank you that this is part of your ministry of reconciliation that you've given to us, that we get to be ones who wipe clean the filth. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen.